So welcome to the third episode of The Keys to Miami. Thank you for having I'm me. I'm here with Angel Bahana. You're the CEO of uh, Elevation Fitness. You're an IFBB pro uh, bodybuilding classic, right? Classic, yes. Yeah. Um, so we've, we've obviously been talking, we talked on the phone, we've been talking for a little bit here. I, I kind of want to tell your story of how you've come to Miami and kind of built this gym that is kind of taken off and is within the fitness world in Miami, kind of really well known. You've got a lot of big trainers that work at your gym or work with your gym. Um, and the first thing is, is I'll let you kind of just shout out your business and tell everybody where they can find you if they want to kind of work out at your gym. Oh, for, first of all, thank you for having me. Elevation Fitness, uh, we're located in downtown Wynwood area. That's our main hub at the time, 10,000 square foot facility. Uh, we just opened up Miami Shores up in North Miami, 95th and 2nd. And that's a smaller boutique style, but again, the same type of environment, result driven. You have the lounge, the whole nine. And we're currently building out South Beach over on 16th and Alton, um, right by Trader Joe's. So it's a, across the street from Lincoln Road, very, very, uh, centered in the South Beach area. And you, you've actually built up some gyms before. This isn't like you, you kind of did this for someone else before you started your own thing, right? That's correct. Yes. Prior to Elevation Fitness, I actually uh, built another well-known gym, which is not here anymore, but Iron Addicts Gym. I've also uh, built out the, deep, the old David Barton Gym in downtown. I've worked with Equinox and a few other facilities. Yes. And you were telling me once when we first talked that you felt like what separated you a little bit from some other gym owners was your knowledge of actual real estate, not just the fitness industry, but actually understanding how to negotiate the contracts. And that that's really the behind some of the success has been the real estate part of it. 100% correct. So obviously when you have an opportunity, it looks great. Yeah. I want to say yes to everything, but at the end of the day, I'm a numbers, the numbers have to work. You know, it, it has to make sense. For example, X amount of square footage, you know, so the amount, the price per square footage. So when I'm looking at a space, I'm looking at a deal, depending on the demographics of the area, the, the, the incomes, it has to make sense. So I, for example, a, a landlord could tell me, hey, listen, I'm, you know, the space could look amazing. It could be an existing gym, $50 per square, you know, per square foot, X amount of square footage. I'm like, if it doesn't make sense, like this is my offer, this is what it is they have to work around that parameter because at the end of the day, if they don't, can I build a gym in a month or two months very quickly with a low budget? Absolutely. But give me about a year, we'll be out of business. You yeah. know, and, and I think that a lot of people fail to see that. I've, I've walked into places and I've seen other businesses where I don't know how they're going to make it because it doesn't make sense as far as their expenses and how much it can bring in. Yeah. And you were saying that what you feel like has really separated is the environment that you've created inside the gym. Kind of, you were telling the story of someone can show up in half a million dollar car and a, a 93 beater, but once they kind of get in the gym, everyone's kind of the same. Yes. Uh, eagles get checked at the door. I think that's very important. You know, it, it's not a $300 a month gym, but it's not a $10 a month gym. We're kind of in the middle. Um, but we set the tone as far as when the person walks in through the door, you know, they get greeted correctly with a smile. We offer the same service, the same type of attitude with absolutely everyone. And I think that that translates onto the gym floor where, you know, you do have the person who's driving the half a million dollar car or the 93 beater and they're mingling, they're interacting where that wouldn't necessarily happen outside of, uh, outside of the setting. You know, it's, it's a, it's an odd thing to see, but I love it, you know, cause everyone goes into a facility, goes into the gym for a single purpose is to work out, is to see results. They want to change. They want to be a better person, whatever the case is, everyone can kind of gravitate to that same belonging. Yeah. And you were saying that kind of what, what also was driving that was kind of, you're originally from New York. Correct. 
And Miami is a little bit more segregated in the way where you live and the location is where in New York, everyone, a billionaire could be on the subway next to a guy who's over, got overdraft on his bank account. And you were saying like, that was part of what you were thinking when you pieced it together. Absolutely. So when I came from, you know, I'm used to that. I'm used to being on a subway, being, going to school, whatever it was in a city where didn't matter what you drove, what you had, you know, we, if you shared the same interests, you'll, you know, you just parlay, you hang out, whatever it is. Here in Miami, I felt it definitely when I walked into a, you know, a certain type of facility, even a type of club or restaurant, it's like you felt it. It's like, holy shit, like, you know, you, yeah. there's a, yeah. you, you, you had, I felt like there was some sort of wall, some sort of barrier, or you get treated differently where I make such an effort where at elevation within these four walls, everyone gets treated the same, you know? And I think that that's that goes above and beyond. So even there are people that, you know, whether it doesn't matter what they have, they, they feel high and mighty, they walk in, they have a certain level of attitude. You know, we try our best to smile and check it. You know, as far as by checking it, I mean like just address it and just let them know like, listen, here it's a little different, you know, it, it's cause I, I can tell you, share with you crazy stories that have happened, but at the end of the day, you know, this may not be the right fit for everyone. You know what I'm yeah. saying? So it's like, we, I'm all about just egos at the door. Let's be, let's be, uh, you know, let, let's be as cheesy as it say, you know, sounds, let's, let's be happy. Let's just all get along. Yeah. Let's just chill. Let's work out. Let's hang out of anything. You know? Yeah. And we were talking about how, you know, the fitness kind of the competing bodybuilding world is so structured. Right. Like, you know, when you're going to eat your first meal, you know, when you're going to do cardio, you know, when you're going to work out, it's really structured. And being an entrepreneur is really the opposite of that. Right? Like you, you kind of just figure it out as you go. Can you talk about kind of how you've managed both? Because you were telling me some kind of stories where things are just happening and you're adjusting on the fly where that's the opposite of the bodybuilding world. Correct. I, I think that you have to. I've made a lot of sacrifices. I don't hang out. I don't, you know, but I genuinely love what I do. Like I get up in the morning, whether it's four five, six AM, whatever time I wake up, the first thing I do, breakfast, I eat, I, 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 those are the things that I have to do for myself for me to continue my day. I know there's a lot of entrepreneurs that get up, they don't eat breakfast, they just move on to work. I make it an effort. I have to eat. Even so if you I don't believe up. in intermittent, intermittent fasting? <laughs> no, I, 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 <laughs> you, want, I, I wish I could do You get do that it. first meal in. Yeah, yeah, me too. I, I, if I don't have a meal, I'm like freaking the fuck out. Like, dude, I'm fucking hungry, man. I can't do this shit. fasting shit. Driving you know? over, I'm like, fuck, do I have time for a second meal? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's one of the things that I, I do, I am structured in the way that every day I have six meals. Yeah. I have X amount of, like, I already know in my head how much of, I can even eye a portion of rice and know how much I have to get, you know? Yeah. If I go have sushi, I know what I'm gonna have. But like you said, it is unstructured. I wake up sometimes at 5 a.m. thinking I'm gonna do this in the morning. Next thing you know, I have to breakfast. I get an email, I get a phone call. Some crazy shit happens and I have to run to the end of, you know, the world to do something and come back. But on my way there, whatever I'm doing, I'm already thinking, okay, my second meal, I start Googling, where, where am I gonna eat? Yeah. You know, and I think that that's how I've managed to quote unquote, you know, stay in shape right now. But could I have, could I have an excuse to say, you know what, I don't have time to eat. I don't have time to work out. Absolutely. I can create it like this. Yeah. 
but I don't. Like I create I, them daily. <laughs> You're not the only one. I create them daily. I'm like, ah, I got no, it. Like, I, had a, I had a meeting up in uh, Pompano recently, and I'm like, I got a 20-minute window. I Googled. I saw an LA Fitness. I don't really like to work out at LA Fitness, but I said, well, I went there, paid a day fee, worked out, yeah. and got the fuck out. Sorry. And I drove home, and I had my protein there. I'm drinking my shake, and I, you know, but it's a... Uh, it's and and I've gone into meetings and you know and into very I don't want to say important meetings, looking like a hot mess with my meal. Yeah. Because I it's like, it's something that if I don't do this for myself, I can't do it for everyone else. It's like if, if and maybe it's my problem that if I don't look a certain way, I'm gonna feel a certain way. You know, I feel like I can't really express or talk the fitness talk, or you know, yeah. I, I can't I can't preach or I can't you know say anything about it because if I'm not living it myself. How am I able to express this to everyone else? So hence, the gym itself, you have a lot of entrepreneurs, a lot of people that are in there. They have important roles, but you know what? They're in there. They're working. And for me, that it's crazy as it sounds. Sometimes I walk into the gym. I don't want to work out. I'm taking a day off. But I see this guy who manages, owns X amount of, you know, I'm like, fuck, he's working out. Yeah. Oh, shit. I got to do it. You know, let me do something, you know? So I, it, it has selfishly kind of uh, helped me out as well. Yeah. And... um. Sorry, I lost my train of thought for one second. So let's go back to when you first started Elevation Fitness, right? You you were kind of forced to do it in a way, right? Yeah, yeah. It wasn't my idea to own one gym, I'll tell you right now. I think uh, I just, I was loving the process of building a facility. And I had built a prior facility, which it took off. Actually, it took off worldwide, you know, it was on social media, a lot of celebrities. It was just something, even to this day, I walk into, like say, actually, last week, this guy walks into the gym. And he's like, oh man, I remember this one gym, Iron Addicts gym. And I'm like, oh, well, I know that gym very well. Yeah. Uh, so it, it, it's crazy how that gym still resonates and what he did in such a short amount of time. But when that happened, I'm like, yeah, I was forced. I'm like, you know what? I, I, people were looking at me like, what are you going to do? What's going to happen? Are you going to build another gym? And I, I did feel obligated because there were a lot of people even that had just paid their month, that had just uh, paid for the year, and, and it abruptly closed. You know, for me, I'm like, I feel like an asshole. It wasn't my fault, but I still felt I had the responsibility to do something. Literally that day when it happened, I put out a note on social media. Hey guys, I don't know what's going to happen, but I had a, an open space and I brought, I invited everyone there. We had about maybe like 60, 70 people show up, uh, current members. If they just wanted to hear me out, see what was going to happen. I told everyone, I have no idea what the future holds, um, but I'm gonna try my best to do something about it, you know? And I, whatever that was, here we are today yeah. having this conversation. Yeah. For me, it's, you know, wild. Yeah. And, and the thing you were telling me that is you actually originally from New York came to Miami and then ended up going back to New York and came back. So it wasn't like you left New York and it just kind of all went no. as, as planned, right? No, no, I'll tell you, like my background, I was a real estate, I had properties, I had a lot going on in my mid 20s. So I came here for the first time. I always wanted to, I, like my head was like, I gotta live in Miami. Yeah. Miami's a dope spot, it's cool, everyone's dope, you know, everyone looks good. So I, I came here. <laughs> I had, and again, my mid-20s, I was thinking differently. I mismanaged money uh, very, very poorly. I, you know, So hence, I, I had X amount of dollars in the account. I came here, lived in a super nice apartment, had a super nice car. 
and thinking living I was the Miami living dream. the Miami dream. <laughs> living the Miami dream. Yeah. So next thing you know, <laughs> life comes around and slaps the shit out of me. Like, hey, wake up. You know, at that time I had someone who was managing my properties in New York. They stole from me. I started going into foreclosure and I was like, fuck, what do I do with my life? I had to go. Went back to New York, sold my car, went back to my mom's house, was overdrafted my account, lost two of my properties. You know, I got to hold on to one of them. I'm like, fuck, what do I do? And at that time, I'm like, do I want to continue to get back on a horse with real estate? Uh, I used to work for Chase, for JP Morgan. I'm like, but like, I hated being in a suit and tie. I always wanted to be in the gym. Yeah. So I just did some research, find out what, at that time, what gym was the best. And it was Equinox in New York. I said, F it, let me go ahead and apply for a trainer. And actually, Equinox was like, no, we're not going to hire you because you have no experience in training. Like, you, no, we're not. All I, all I knew was, like, you know, muscle and fitness magazines. But they gave me an opportunity. The, I remember my manager, she goes, listen, I'll give you two months to get your uh, certification and jump on board with us. So I said, holy shit, two months? All right. You know, going from zero to 100 in this type of environment. You know, I had people who had uh, masters and uh, PhDs and, and exercise science. And I'm like, fuck, I have nothing. I just, you know, I just love to work out. But I applied myself. In about a month and a half, I got my certification. I started ramping up with the business, started you know moving up in uh, Equinox, starts with clients. And I started learning how to manage and how to do this type of business and deal with people, another caliber of people with Equinox as well. So that happened. I Obviously, my head is like, all right, how do I make more money? What do I do? What can I do? How can I be better? Started keep you know getting certified in all these other certifications. And I started working for, at that time, Sports Club LA. I moved on to Sports Club LA, which Actually, oddly enough, today Equinox bought out Sports Club. But before they were bought out, you know, they were up to four hundred dollar a month gym. They were an elite club. You know, like they're never pay that much. It's crazy. <laughs> no, and for me, it's like you're walking down the hall. You see Chris Rock. You see Howard Stern. Okay, you see like Kelly Ripa. Yeah. So this this is the type of facility that this is. Yeah. I got used to that. But at the end of the day, I'm a meathead. Like, I was the one throwing the weights around. I was a trainer, you know, grunting, grunting you yeah. know, the whole nine. But, and it's oddly enough, people enjoy it but in it, it, it was weird kind of to, to to be in that environment i got to know how to manage a business how to manage my business and i got to build some amazing relationships with people who were successful as well hence these people who were my clients there are now my mentors and my friends today um so fast forward went in the independent route started you know traveling going to building to building and i got a call from equinox saying hey we would love to hire you you know come back with us yeah. but on a sales side I'm like, sales, okay, you know, what do you, what do you mean? Well, you can do this, this is the opportunity to make X amount of dollars. I'm like, get the fuck out of here. You can make how much? Like six figures in just selling gym memberships. So went back to Equinox, dropped training, all sales, and I learned, I began to learn the operational side of fitness and really learn what it is to not only just sell a membership, but really to, 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 to just manage people and, and, and really get people in the door and, and, and learn their emotions and why they're there for a reason. Yeah. And when you start, when you begin to do that and you genuinely want to see people be successful in their fitness and their fitness level or goals, it, it just, it just, everything just blossoms. Like I started, I actually became top three in the company, top two in the company from 250 advisors uh, um, in, within the Equinox. And between my, this guy, Mike Borak, my, myself, you know, we're, we're the, the shit, you know, yeah. we're, we're going back and forth on these, yeah. uh, on, these, on, on these sales. And I was top two for a couple of months. And then I decided to come back to Miami and I decided to go, all right, what's the next step? Management. So I applied for a sales management position. 
um, worked for David Barton Gym when they were here. I got to work around a, an amazing group of people. So for the past five, six years, you know, I came here for a year, was with um, David Barton, and uh, I got to help build out someone else, kind of like behind the scenes uh, as far as, I started learning about gym equipment. But with David Barton, I started learning about the, you know, actually, no, they're not here anymore. I started learning what not to do as far as on a company, you know. Yeah, of course. Yeah, I saw a lot yeah. of the mistakes. And I actually, I wanted to implement a lot of things that I've learned. But I was kind of like, hey, who are you? You know, you're, you yeah. just come here. You're from New York. You're, you're just beginning with us. Just, you know, slow yeah. your roll. But I got to learn. And, and I was grateful for that opportunity with them. And then I had an opportunity to build Iron Addicts, which was uh, at that time, this gentleman, the guy that funded the, uh, the company, he offered me a position to, which I thought at the time was just to manage. But when I really learned about it, I'm like, holy shit, I gotta build something from scratch. Yeah. So hence, my real estate negotiation skills came in, my sales skills, sales skills came in, my personal, interpersonal skills, I had to apply everything. And did I make a lot of mistakes? 100 yeah. percent you know and i hate to say this but i did make these mistakes on someone else's token so when i had the opportunity to do something on my own i kind of had that to work with and again what not to do and i'm still fucking up i'm still making mistakes today yeah, yeah. so you know i i don't know where tomorrow will like people are asking are you gonna open up another gym are you gonna have x amount like, i don't yeah, no, I'm just working. Figuring it out in the yeah, moment. Yeah, I'm just yeah. working, yeah. putting work in, and we'll see, see what happens. I think what makes someone as successful, and I know kind of entrepreneurs become like a buzzword, but is it's you could have all the money, you could have all the ideas, you could have the greatest business plan, but it's really your ability to think in the moment and critically think through whatever's in front of you and move it and not let it be an obstacle and get to the next yeah. thing. And you just, you literally almost have to do that every day for a month. And then sometimes you do it once a month. Sometimes you do it three times a day. It's just your ability to, it's come at you. You critically think through it, you solve it and you move on. That's you, really you, what you it is. You nailed it. Like that's, as an entrepreneur in my position, like all I do every single day is eat shit <laughs> with a smile on my face. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Constantly. <laughs> Problem solve. Yeah, and, and and don't think about the problem, but think about the solution. That's yeah. all I do. It's it's not, I, I get a problem, I get a phone call, whatever. Could I, you know, bitch and moan? Like, oh no, this is crazy. No, you know what? Okay, cool, cool. Next, what can I do? What can we do? And sometimes people on the opposite end, they're like, oh shit, like they're not used to that. They're like, no, 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 like they, they want to kind of dwell in the problem. No, 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 forget that. Yeah. What can we do? What is the next step? How much is it going to cost? What's you know, what do I have to do? Who do I have to see? What's going to happen? And it's like, oh shit, okay, so do this do this do this okay i'll do those tasks what's next so i'm i'm never sitting kind of i'm, I'm never uh i'm never beating myself up when something's yeah. going wrong it's like you know what it's gonna happen i you know not that i expect it but i'm i tell my team like shit to, right now this is great it's working out people are happy but you know what not to sound like morbid but tomorrow a hurricane can come and knock everything down yeah and i gotta start from scratch yeah what can I do? It's exactly how it is. What would you? What advice would you give to just people that are? Because fitness obviously has become a much more popular. I think it's always been popular, but with social media, it became everyone's into fitness. Everyone's becoming a personal trainer. Everyone's a life coach. Everyone's a prep coach. But there are genuine people starting out that are going to go on the next ten years of their life. What advice would you give them navigating the fitness industry? I think that do this with a good heart. You know, it's, uh, I think that the, a lot of people get caught up in the money. They get caught up in the numbers. 
you know, I, I really tell people do this because you want to help people. You know, they're, you're going to come across so many individuals that will be, you know, they're going to second guess you. They're going to, they're going to doubt what you have to say. But if you really go in caring about that person, that person's goal, things are going to be so much easier for you. You're going to sleep well at night. You're going to feel good about yourself. That person is going to, if, even if that you don't get the business, that person will feel so grateful, so appreciative for what you did and what you said. They're gonna refer you business. They're gonna they're gonna think they're gonna remember you. And I tell people it's like, you know, you don't know the impact that you have on people. Like for example, when I was a, a trainer, I yes, sometimes I, I had clients. I'm like, oh fuck, I don't want to see this person. But, <laughs> but you know what? But I did my best. I put my energy out there. And you know something, that person goes home. They go to their wife, their kids, whatever they do. But you're you're gonna be. They're a topic of conversation. Oh man, I had, it's like you you want to be a good topic. You don't want to be like I fucking hate my trainer. Oh, this guy, I man, I'm such a no. You don't want to do. You actually so not that I do that with the intention of that, but it's like I don't want to be that asshole or that you know. It's like sometimes you have to, but at the end of the day, you do things with a good heart. You do things correctly. You know, in a just doing the right thing always. You know, it's 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 always, again, it's a cheesy thing. But I sleep well at night. I know that what I put out there, whatever it is, it's not for my benefit. It's for everyone else's. Yeah. Well, me, I come last. Like, I, yeah. it is what it is. And, and that's what, as, as owning a marketing company, that's, that's kind of very similar in the sense that if every time I go into meeting a client, my job is to help them figure out how to grow their business. If I just focus on that, Clients rarely ever uh, fire me. If I'm focused on like, ah, oh, I got to charge him more. He doesn't pay me enough. This is not worth my time. I usually lose those clients sooner or later because I can't give them the effort that they deserve because most people don't understand digital marketing. Just like most people that go to a trainer don't understand working out and fitness and eating. So they don't know what they're supposed to do except for what you tell them. So when you meet someone and you talk about digital marketing and you say, okay, this is what you need to do. You need to tell them what they should do and then try your hardest to make it work for them. So they see the results. So they're like, okay, I'm getting value for what I'm paying this right. guy. I don't know what he does on the internet. I don't really get it. Because when I start explaining, people are like, I don't know. Are you going to get me leads or not? Yes. Like, that's all they know. Like, Great, dude. Is it going to work or not? If it's not working, that you actually care yeah. that it's not working and you don't just set it up, forget it, and then leave yeah. it, you know? So it's been a good, good episode. Is there anything you want to shout out? People find you, the gym, just kind of... Last, um, last words? No, just always uh, thank you to everyone who, you know, supports Elevation Fitness. Thank you to my staff, to my partners, absolutely everything. Just, I, I, this is something that I always repeat it over and over. This is all built on feedback. You know, it's like negative, positive. You know, I take that into consideration and I try to, you know, make the environment, the place, whatever you want to call it, just a better uh, type of environment in place. Um, but that's it, man. I think... Uh, very grateful. Thank you for having me. Yeah, and, awesome. Uh, I appreciate it. It's a good episode. No, man. It's been All good. Right. It's been good. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Thank My you. Pleasure.